again and welcome to episode 21 of In Gear with the Shop. I'm your host, Reagan Dickinson. And our guest is Dawson Drusido, president of Four Wheel Performance, an off-road restyling shop in Wichita Falls, Texas. Let's get in gear with Dawson and find out how he grew this business from scratch into a Texas powerhouse. How did y'all get started there at Four Wheel Performance? Well, uh, I was getting a a degree in criminal justice here at Midwestern State University and uh, just kind of really decided that there was a a niche for, you know, to have a truck accessory shop here in town. There was already a couple, I think there was two or three Mm -hmm. and just thought that I could do it better, better on the customer service side, you know, better on the pricing. My mom loaned me, you know, 5,000 bucks to start the company. We started in a little shop, uh, Scott Street in in the old downtown business district Waited about six weeks for my first customer to walk in the door. Mm-hmm. Rolling the dice, a little scary, but the overhead was cheap downtown. You know, it was just me and another guy, and so it wasn't a whole lot of payroll. Yeah. Fast forward two years from that location, we moved into the location on Kemp Street in 2008. We stayed there till 2019 that we now moved into our, where we're at, it's about 8,700 square feet. So mm-hmm. we went we went from a having one bay downtown, one bay on Kemp Street, and twenty five hundred square feet on Kemp to roughly eighty seven hundred square feet and six bays. Three thousand of that's a showroom. We've got it where we've got a garage door leads into the showroom. We can put a full size vehicle in there. Right now we've got the uh, the Rancho JT in there. Those guys broke something down in uh, Lano, Texas. I think it was at a Jeep Jamboree. Blew up a transfer case. They shipped it up to us. Had us repair it. We're holding on to it. I think they're going to go to Jeep Beach with it next. So it's currently on display in our showroom. And mm-hmm. and that's really cool. You know, I mean, if we do a dealership build, put a six-inch lift, wheels, tires on a, on a new, you know, GMC Sierra truck, you know, customer can walk in. They can see that. If we put some options on it, like amp steps, they can open the door, see those boards deploy a power bed cover. They can see how that bed cover works. I mean, it's 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 a great selling tool. You know, not not to mention that it's pretty neat being able to either have a manufacturer's vehicle or have a, a vehicle on loan from a dealership that you've upfitted in your showroom for your customers to walk around and, and look at while they're waiting to have their vehicles worked on. Okay, so the dealerships will give you something on loan that you can build up. I assume it's the kind of package that they would sell to um, someone looking for a new car. Um, and I guess it benefits them from the standpoint that someone sees it at your shop and they say, well, where can I get this? Well, go to this dealership, right? Is that how it works? That's pretty correct in a nutshell there. Okay. I mean, it, <laughs> they, you know, and, and if they even, they may like the color of the truck. They may not like any of the accessories on the truck, you know, so they don't want to buy that one, but they still end up at the dealership and purchasing a a new unit from them. So it, it's a, it's a great partnership for us to have uh, with our local dealers. And I think in 16 years in business, we've done a pretty good job of, you know, displaying that trust with our dealers that they allow us to do something like that. Right. Now, when y'all moved into that new shop, you said that was 2019, I believe. Yes, sir. October okay. 19. Yeah. So obviously when you were setting the shop up, you wanted to set it up so that it was efficient, that uh, that you were going to maximize workflow in there, that it was going to provide a good customer experience when they walked in the doors. What are some of those things that you did? I mean, we obviously would discuss the fact that you have a vehicle in there and you, you can bring it in. But what other things did you do in that new space that you figured was really going to help you from a customer service, from a workflow, and from a customer experience standpoint? 
you know, we have a glass storefront on the building. Mm-hmm. You open the door. First thing you see is a, you know, a Jeep up on a rock or a, or a half ton truck sitting there. It's lifted. That's automatically grabbing your attention. You turn to the left. You've got a waiting room, a coffee bar, you know, an area that, that we didn't have before for our customers. I mean, the old shop, there was times they would come in, you know, lift kit wheels and tires takes all day. And depending on the application and they're just standing around the shop, you know, now they've got a little waiting area, you know, we've got uh, some car shows on the TV, speed channel, things like that. Mm -hmm. If you end up going straight headed to the counter, you run into a row of, we've got the, you know, the top bed covers that we sell, the ones that have the best warranty, Mm -hmm. they're right there. So you walk past those. If you look to the right immediately, you know, you're walking past our grill guard and bumper displays, you're walking past our wheels, I mean, it's it's all made to funnel the customer to the counter. Mm -hmm. We're getting them to the counter, getting them serviced. But as we're servicing them, let's say we make a deal, they come back, schedule an appointment, they go to the waiting area. In the corner of the waiting area, we have a a device that's uh, it's it's interactive garage is the program, and it's on our website as well. Mm -hmm. While the customer's sitting there waiting, they can actually put their you know, as long as it's a newer vehicle, when I say newer, I, I want to say it goes to like 2015, 16 or newer. I'd actually have to pull it back up again and look at it. But you can load your vehicle in there and then add products to it, has pricing on it, mm-hmm. and you can see what it looks like on your vehicle. So, you know, as a salesman behind the counter working, you know, we've got this over in the corner working while you're waiting. You know, we have a lot of times people will print out and come up and say, hey, saw this over there. Do you have this in stock? Or if you don't have it in stock, how soon can you have it? And, you know, I'd like to order it. Mm-hmm. That's great for keeping the, the customer, interacting with the customer and keeping them immersed and in, in being in your store. Mm-hmm. As far as efficiency in the shop, you know, having six bays, we run, we run three, two post lifts. We have uh, the other part of efficiency is we used to sub out our, our alignments. And when we moved over here, we, we put our own alignment rack in. So we've got another lift. that's our alignment bay Mm -hmm. and we keep all that in house. We didn't have a large enough facility for an alignment rack. And I know a lot of places when I travel and I love talking to other shop owners and things and what's working for you. And, you know, this is what's working for us. A lot of them don't have an alignment rack and, that was probably the, the best investment we made as far as keeping the money in-house, controlling the work, and being more efficient. Mm-hmm. I would say it would be that alignment rack was our best ad. Yeah. What are some of the biggest issues facing your shop and the industry as a whole? And right now, it's supply. It's parts. Yeah. We're all in this uh, pandemic together. But for us, it wasn't always worried about what are we going to do to get customers in the door during COVID. It's I told the guys it's going to be come October of 2020, come February 2021, it's going to be a supply issue. Yeah. All these manufacturers, you know, they they had the same issue. They had to shut down. They had, you know, their COVID tracing. So if Bill hung out with Jim, he had to quit working too. And, and now we're just, we're running into a supply issue, I think is our biggest hurdle. Getting those parts, we we have a lot of wholesalers that we choose to do business with, mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty slim. I mean, you buy a new truck and you're looking for a bed cover, you may have to wait a little while, or even if you just don't even buy a new truck, you need to freshen up. You know, you need a new set of tires. Man, that's that's tough to come by too. Yeah, what has your response been to that? Man, I I tell my customers at first I was sitting there thinking it wasn't going to be as long as it's been, mm-hmm. and now I tell them, hey. Let's get it ordered. Let's get in line. Stuff comes back in stock. I mean, that's that's the best way we can do. You know, we mm-hmm. take a deposit from them and and we keep them up to date. We keep them called. You know, 
once or twice, you know, every two weeks, hey, here's the status, here's the lead time they're giving us now. And it's and it's it's key to our communication with our customers has has been a a huge deal. I mean, we've had great communication before, but now it's more important than ever to to communicate with those guys uh-huh. and let them know where their product's at, what the lead time is, and when we can get them in and get it put on. Yeah. What have you done to bump up that communication? Man, we, we do a text messaging service. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of stole that from a dealership, their idea, this constant contact stuff. Customers can text us on our main landline. It comes to all three of the sales computers up front. Since it comes to all three of the computers up front, everybody sees it, even even down to the managers, and we can handle it, or we can send that text out to them and, and let them know an update. So that's that's been great on the communication side because so many people, email was was awesome, but a lot of times that stuff goes to spam or junk. Customer never gets it with a text message. You know, as long as you allow us to text you back, we'll ask you know before, hey, would you like us to text you updates about your truck, about the progress you'll find that customers are okay. They'd almost rather you text them than email them anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you, you know how it goes. You go into a store and the first thing they ask you for is your email and you're like, eh, don't know about that. But if they say, Hey, <laughs> do you mind if we text you? Yeah. yeah, sure. Here's my number. No problem. Yeah. How did you set up that text program? What did that take? I mean, it, we just, we reached out to a company that provides a, a monthly service and, uh-huh. uh, and it's, that's probably the best money, you know, on a reoccurring bill that we've spent. You know, a lot of times you feel like, oh, I'm getting billed every month and I'm not getting a value out of it. And right. the value in that is huge as far as communicating with your customers. Okay. When did y'all implement that? About eight months ago. Okay. Yeah, I would say eight or nine months ago, man. And it's, uh, I've been happy with it since day one. Mm-hmm. Do y'all see uh, more power sports work in your future? You know, side by sides, et cetera. Yeah. You know, these side-by-side manufacturers, they're starting to be a lot more like truck manufacturers. You know, you talking about, you know, being in business for 16 years and seeing the trends. Um, yeah. You know, used to, you couldn't get a spray and bed liner in a truck. You know, yeah. now you buy your premium vehicles, your Platinums, your, you know, if you go to the GM side, the Denali's, all that stuff, they're coming with a spray in from the factory. Yeah. These prep packages. So, you know, you can get your gooseneck hitch put in by Ford already, you know, mm-hmm. while it's going down the assembly line. They're they're gaining some of that market share by doing that. They're taking it away from us. No different than the side by sides. I, I don't know if it's going to get if it's just going to blow up and get larger. However, these side by side manufacturers are you know they're giving you custom options from the factory. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to upgrade the wheels and tires? You want to upgrade the you know the suspension, the control arms. You know, they offer different packages that you can you can pick and choose from. Mm-hmm. How do you address those challenges of upfitting newer vehicles oh, that man. are coming prepackaged? How do you, I guess, fight that for lack of a better term? <laughs> well, you know, you, you have a good relationship with your dealerships and you try to convince them, hey, we'll cut you a deal. We do X amount of these BMWs and these trucks. Just mm-hmm. if you could avoid ordering them with the prep package. Now, sometimes it's they don't have an option. A lot of times it's like, hey, if it's a Denali truck, it's going to come with a spray and bed liner regardless. Mm-hmm. So you, you want that good relationship with that dealership. I mean, and that's that's what helped shape our business. Sitting there talking about not having a customer for six weeks if we rewind to the first of this. I just got out and beat the pavement, went to the dealerships, you know, gave them customer service, picked up delivered vehicles. It was a long haul, but that's, it all comes back to relationship building. And that's, mm-hmm. I think that's what, what helps grows any business is, is relationship building. Okay. 
Have you found some good ways to educate clients? What's your approach to a customer and just to find out what is it that they're looking for? What is going to give them the package that they want? You know, because sometimes you can walk in and go, maybe they don't really know what they want, right? (laughs) Sure. No, and there's there's definitely different types of customers. And I I tell you what, it's funny that that you mentioned that. I uh, kind of had an idea of my own of what I thought. And then the other day I was, I was talking to another person that, that worked at a shop and we were sitting there chatting about customers and how do you, how do you motivate them? How do you, like you said, educate them, you know, and, and for, for him, when he was explaining to me and I, and I absolutely love this, you know, there's, there's four types of customers. You have the driver, expressive, analytical, um, the driver, he's the customer. He's going to come in the door. He's going to know exactly what he wants. He's going to come in. He's going to say, Dawson, I want a six inch lift wheels, tires. I want this brand of tires. I want this brand of wheels. I want this suspension kit. That's customer one. He doesn't need a lot of education, but he's still a customer and, and you may have some suggestions for him, but you're basically just there to service him. And then you have your expressive customer. I kind of put a spin on this and I call him my Bob Ross customer, you know, cause he's going to sit there and you got to paint the picture for him and show him the, you know, the happy trees and everything. And, you know, this is what you want. This is, you know, you ask a couple questions, what are you going to do with the vehicle? And then you paint that picture for them of what their vehicle can be. Uh, the analytical one, he's your detail guy. He's going to come in and you're going to have to give him the specs. You're going to have to give him, you know, load rating on tires. You're going to have to to have all the details for him. That's what he wants. Not a lot of education going on there either, but he wants to know that you know what's going on. The last one that, that, that you got to guide and hold their hand, they're the customer that comes in and says, I think I know what I want, but I'm not real sure. Those are the ones you have to educate. That's the full educational lesson. Mm-hmm. You tell them why, you know, why they want this brand of lift kit, you know, why they want this shock. You talk about the valving of the shocks, talking about ride quality, things like that. We're talking about why do I want a BMW hitch over a Kurt hitch, depending on what you're going to do with the vehicle, or why do I want 5,000 pound bags versus the 7,500 pound bags? This is the guy that you're going to have to just hold his hand and educate him. 08 came, there was a lot of, uh, pamphlets, things like that manufacturers used to give us, um, mm-hmm. you know, everybody walks in and says, Hey, do you have a book on wheels? And honestly, you know, since 08, uh, a lot of that stuff, you know, they cut out of a lot of print, a lot of print was cut out. They refer everybody to the website. So realistically we have two screens. We pull up the website, we can go through the details and, and just really give the guys the educational lesson of why we're selling you this, how this works and why you want it to work this way. Mm-hmm. So you're also involved with Tora, which is SEMA's off-road council. Is there anything that you've picked up through the network that you've applied to your business and had some success with? I think the latest thing I, I used, and this is just because it came to my to the forefront of my brain, is you know a compensation package for the employees. Mm-hmm. Um, what another company's doing is a 401k. I mean, we offer health insurance here, but, you know, a 401k and then, you know, how to compensate the guys for install quality, install times and things like that. I yeah. sat down with a guy and he's, you know, he was like, Dawson, this is, here's what I was paying my guys. And we we're only getting this much in billable hours out. I decided to change it this way. And here's exactly what happened. I mean, he was able to give me the numbers. I'm obviously not going to share them with you. Oh, sure. I yeah. came back from that event and sat down with my manager and we, we put something together that we thought, you know, was very similar to his and that would work. And man, just presenting that to my employees, their eyes lit up. I mean, it was, 
You know, it was it was a good feeling. Do you mind sharing the basic structure of that? It's like flag time, but without the punishment of flag time. So it's it's all pros for the employee, but we uh, we pay them a percentage of the install as long as certain criteria are met during the install. Okay, which in turn puts more money in my employees' pockets. Yep, rewards them for everything good. Mm-hmm. If they don't make the, the billable time, they're not necessarily punished. They just still make their regular rate. So okay. We came back and gave them more without taking anything away. Right. And so far, man, I mean, it's uh, it's been good. You found that they're more productive and that you're actually, you have more billable hours? Definitely more billable hours. I think we've probably increased our billable hours just in the two months we've been doing it by a third. You know, you're talking 33%. That's That's a lot. Yeah, that's pretty big. Do you have kind of a screening process so that you ensure that you're getting a good person and as someone that's at least moldable to what your philosophy is and what your culture is? You're you're going to have me give up all my secrets today, aren't you? <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm aiming <laughs> Dawson's, for. Yeah, Dawson's business plan 101, right here. Um, <laughs> so you know, we uh, we bring them in. We we do a little test run with them. Uh, we figure up what you know what a decent wage is for an eight hour day. Uh, and, and honestly, we have super, I, best way I can say it is we have supervised tryouts. When I say supervised, we don't want a customer think we're just putting a new person on their vehicle, but technically we kind of are, but you have someone behind them. Even if I'm the one supervising them, I've got over 16 years of experience with truck accessories mm-hmm. and we walk it, you know, we see what they know, walk them through the install. If they have some challenges, if, if they don't know as much, we walk them through, see if they're coachable, mm-hmm. um, you know, you want to make sure that your employees can learn and can adapt. And within eight hours, we can tell that either they want to learn, so we would like to keep them on, or they just don't have it. They can't cut the mustard. Yeah. Um, used to, we kind of went through the, the process of hiring them, and it made it tough because we would find out later on, this isn't really what they wanted to do. They just wanted a job. You, you want people that are passionate about it, that get excited about it. I mean, so I tell my employees, hey, there may be some days where you do four or five leveling kits in a row and that's all you do that day. But the next day, we'll make sure we get you something different. And then there's times that we get to do really cool stuff. You know, we get to do uh, we get to do projects for, uh, you know, for manufacturers. We do some SEMA builds. Um, we have manufacturers that call us and have us build, you know, their vehicles that they travel around in from mm-hmm. uh, from store to store. So that's also that's out of the ordinary stuff. That's not a daily occurrence for us, but it's exciting when one of those things, you know, one of those builds come in the store. You, you try to you try to keep it fun, keep it interesting, but you also have to have that person that's a car and truck guy, just like yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like when we we have a supercharger install come, all the guys in the back or gals they they fight over it. <laughs> it's who's doing it. <laughs> yeah. They want to do it. You know, because it's something new. It's something cool. Yeah. Um, And that's what you want. You know, you don't want them fighting, but you want them, you want them excited. You want them to want to do that install. Right. And so you make sure they do a variety of different things and projects. Okay. Yeah. Cross training is huge. If I've got a, I've got an installer that's, man, he's, he's the airbag king. That's all he does. I mean, and he, and he wants to do it because he's good at it. It's efficient. And he can make make a lot of money doing it. But if I have someone that's weak on that and they're not installing anything else at that time period, man, I put them over there on the lift with them and say, hey, ask questions. You know, don't don't slow him down to the the fact that he's not going to make his time, but ask questions and learn. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what the music means. 
our time is up. All right. Well, I uh, appreciate you guys. I really do. Thank yeah, you. Well, no, thank you for your time and for your perspective on what y'all are doing and in, on the industry as a whole. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. I, I do appreciate you as well, sir. You can subscribe to In Gear with the Shop through your favorite podcast platform, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please let us know if you have any questions you'd like our guests to tackle or if you have any follow-up questions to this episode. And if you're subscribed to the Shop's daily e-newsletter, you'll know when the latest podcast is available. Plus, stay up to date on the latest in the automotive aftermarket. Just go to theshopmag.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, Adios, amigos.